Welcome back to the Quiet Onset Podcast. I'm Ewan Graf and I'm joined by my good old friend, Lachlan Teeley. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. Thank you for having me back on our podcast. I don't know where <laughs> I was going with that, so <laughs> thanks. I'm, I'm glad I'm back. Didn't go anywhere. I'm a bit nervous because, you know, we've been looking forward to this specific episode for a while because we are going to talk about a movie that we've been looking forward to for a long time. Oh, um, but yeah. Trying to figure out why it was number 74 we were looking forward to. I was like number sixty nine. That'd be great. Number four twenty. That like like episode one hundred. Like I don't know why episode seventy four. And I was oh wait no the movies. Yeah yeah yeah. It's not a special number. It's just a special no, movie. It's I guess. Not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we got actually a lot of other stuff also in today's show. So coming up in the show, we got trailer discussions for Uncharted, King Richard, Ambulance, and many more. As always, we have a new round of Kelly's bootleg movie corner. And in what we've been watching, we'll have a spoiler-free review for Titan. We'll also talk about the Army of the Dead prequel, Army of Thieves, and finally discuss the long-awaited Dune. But before we get into the main part of the show, don't forget to drop those five-star reviews over on Apple Podcast. We do really appreciate it. And maybe consider shouting uh, the show out to a friend that goes a long way and helps us, you know, get some new ears into this podcast. New ears into this podcast? That doesn't mm. make any sense. Anyways, I like that. I like <laughs> I'll just, that I'll just move one. it along. Yeah. I mean, on some new eyes doesn't make sense. We are an audio podcast. You can also join our Patreon for just one buck a month. You get heaps of bonus content. So go on and check that out over there. Uh, this week, we'll actually have a spoiler review for Titan over on Patreon as a well exclusive. So uh, yeah, hope to see you there. So first up, let's uh, look at this week's news. And with that, the new trailers of this week. And first up, we are looking at... Uh, Probably the last trailer, I assume, for Ghostbusters Afterlife. After it's been delayed so, so many times, uh, we are finally getting another movie with a big light beam portal being opened up and yet another revival of a of an older IP. So, Lachlan, are you ready for this? Are you, are you keen to see this or is this a skip for you? I wouldn't say I'm ready. I wouldn't yeah. say I'm, you know against a Ghostbusters reboot slash remake slash extended universe. But what I will say is the trailer's got a bit of heart to it, not going to lie. I actually enjoyed this trailer. I thought it was quite cool. I'm keen. Uh, it's got Paul Rudd in it, so I'm actually excited to watch it. I hope there's a good sense of humor in it, um, which it does seem to have a little yeah. bit. This Ghostbusters definitely seems to have a, like a heart to it that's uh, honoring the original. I guess the 2016 one did try to spin it off in a way. And it was definitely at a time where it was like, hey, let's try to get all female casts in movies. And there's definitely good ones and there's definitely bad ones. Like how there's good and bad movies in any kind of sense. And I think Ghostbusters 2016 is one of those bad ones. You can have your own opinion I, that, though. To be honest, I completely forgot that existed. Oh, that's good. Good. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I haven't even seen that one. But um, yeah, that, that was not really a... There was a consensus of it being not that great, but... I guess here with Paul Rudd and a kid from Stranger Things, which I think it's funny to just call them a kid from, uh, like, kids from Stranger Things as well. They've done oh, heaps of other no, stuff, but I think it's has. Finn Wolfhard. I mean, it's it's the same as, uh, I guess, uh, Daniel Radcliffe be always being the Harry Potter guy. You mean Harry Potter? <laughs> the Harry Potter guy? <laughs> he literally is Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> 
have you seen this new uh, King Richard movie? I have not seen it yet, uh, although I had plans to go see it because it? I skipped oh. on. Oh, you could have. Seen I, it. I skipped out on going. Yeah, I skipped out on going to London, but it was the opening film. I, I guess I could have seen it, but I don't know. It didn't really line up with my plans. Oh, and okay. Okay. but yeah, it it looks interesting. Uh, there's a lot of uh, talk from the people who've already seen it at festivals. Uh, that Will Smith is is great in it. He gives a great performance. Excellent. And um, yeah, there's some Oscar buzz, I guess, <laughs> for it. And it's like a typical American dream story, right? We got uh, the story of... Um, Venus of, and uh, Serena Venus Williams. And, Ooh. Exactly, yeah. And uh, Father Richard, <laughs> as in the title. <laughs> ah. King Richard, yeah. And uh, raising his two queens, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. I don't remember what he was the uh, king but, of, but yes, good job, King Richard. I'm sure I'm sure it's gonna I'm sure it's gonna be like a, a line in the movie itself. But um yeah, I mean this looks interesting. I'm always a bit cautious when there's a, a movie that's based on real people. Usually it's always interesting to see how much the actual people portrayed are involved in the production of the film. But I think this is gonna be a straight up pretty happy story with like some hardship just from like hard work and yeah. the American dream and yeah. maybe. So I don't know if it's gonna be idealized or if it's just like has a lot of grip to it, but uh, regardless, I'm I'm definitely gonna check this out when this comes out and pretty soon on November 19th in cinemas and over on HBO Max mm. simultaneously. But yeah, Lachlan, what did you think? Uh, again, I completely agree with everything you just said. It looks like one of those heartfelt uh, American dream stories. And it is like a story of two of the most successful tennis players in history who are sisters. Um, so yeah. I think it will be uh, from from the trailer. And, you know, you can't say the trailer is going to represent what the movie is going to be in, in its entirety because the Suicide Squad existed. Um, but uh, not the Suicide Squad, sorry, Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> whoops. Uh, but no, I think this is going to be uh, probably, like, like again, a, a Oscar-worthy performance slash uh, in yeah. the entirety of it is going to be Oscar-worthy. And I'm really ready for Will Smith to give us another, like, great performance, you know? <laughs> After 2017's Suicide Squad, of, of course. Give me it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. Um, speaking of uh, dreams coming true... <laughs> Let's talk about the trailer the for Uncharted. New Michael Bay movie, two robbers steal an ambulance after. Oh, you want to talk about Michael Bay? I just don't yeah. want to fucking talk about Uncharted. Uh, the two <laughs> robbers steal an ambulance after their heist goes. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! Sorry, you 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 do the trailer. I just I mean every time you do it and you go back to Uncharted, I'm just gonna move on. So sorry, you talk about. <laughs> is it actually called ambulance? It is called ambulance, oh, and I think they they are in an ambulance. Right, I, I think that's why it's called ambulance. When I was ambulance. watching the trailers, when I was watching the trailers, I um. I watched the first half, right? And then I got to the ambulance and I got bored. So I skipped through it. Obviously, I've skipped through the entirety of the movie. I thought it was a heist movie. <laughs> I, think, I think it is. I don't know. No, it is it's a heist it's movie, like they but, do a heist. But it seemed like there was a lot of heisting at the start. And now it's all just. So it's actually just basically them in an ambulance. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if they just heisted an ambulance uh, car that was really sought after. And now they're just being chased by everyone. I have no idea what the plot okay, sorry, is. I, just, I saw a bunch of explosions. I'm like, I'm fucking you in. You should introduce the movie. Uh, well, yeah, two robbers steal an ambulance after their heist goes awry. That's 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 the uh, logline. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know if you need to know more no. if it's a make Ma Michael Bay tell film. Tell me less. So. I'm in. It's also Jake uh, Yellenhall and Isaac Gonzalez. We also got uh, Ya Abdul Mateen II. So you know the cast is pretty great and. I'm just happy for them to, you know, grab a bit of cash <laughs> from that big explosion fest that uh, usually is the Michael Bay cinematic universe. Uh, so, you know, 
I just have one question for you. Are you in or out? I'm in. Are, are you, I'm are in. you in or out, Lockman? I'm in. I'm in. Moving on to not Uncharted. I'm gonna yes. leave that be. <laughs> but just know that there's an Uncharted trailer. Okay. Okay. I have a really b- dumb joke that I prepared. Oh, okay, I, okay, fine. That, yeah. we'll, okay, we'll do it. We'll do <laughs> but uh, it. now that I prefaced it, I probably shouldn't do it because like it should come off as spontaneous. But anyways, speaking of things that come off as spontaneous, we'll talk about a one-take movie uh, set inside a really busy kitchen on a quite particularly busy evening. And we are talking about Boiling Point uh, coming out in the US to theaters on November 19th. I think that's a really sought after release date. There's so much stuff coming out on November 19th. But uh, Lachlan, what did you think of Boiling Point? I didn't realize it was a one take until it was like one breathless one take. And I was like, aha, it's 1917, but in the kitchen. (laughs) <laughs> so uh after watching 1917 they can't they can't do anything on me i i'm i'm ready for this like i'm i'm ready wouldn't it be funny if like there's there's a wine bottle that's being served in that restaurant from 1917 yeah, as a, a little, little bit of a shout yeah. out to it it's like cut that i already saw this movie at the zurich film festival and i quite enjoyed what? it the filmmaker was also there and two of the cast and um it was it was interesting because they really did shoot it in one take there was no like hidden cuts in there and um yeah they shot like four takes and took the third one <laughs> so i don't know if that's interesting to know but it's just it's just a lot of choreography and wait so it actually was done in one yeah take. definitely go check that out yeah it was yeah oh so it wasn't like stitched together like they do in 1917 no oh so it's a real one take it is a real one take yeah all oh, right okay so one okay so 1917 is the bitch and and boiling point is the proper one take how long is the movie yeah exactly uh, I think it's about 70 or 80 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's something a decent time. Something along the lines, yeah. Dude, how do you record for that long? Yeah, yeah. How does the camera not overheat or just like... Uh, they actually talked They actually talked about that specifically because there was someone with a rig that was like obviously attached to him and then they they switched uh, memory cards while they were oh. shooting and it was like a lockdown position while they were sitting down so they, they planned when to sw- they switch it and I think they had to switch like three or four times. So yeah, super interesting, just technically. Man, and that data wrangler would be shitting themselves. <laughs> it is a it is is a terrifying job to be a data wrangler on that set, but um, a lot of it is also improvised. They oh, just okay. have beats that they arrive at, uh, so it, it's it's it flows really naturally. And um, yeah, I mean, it just depends if you in or out. Again, I mean, <laughs> you know, are you are you eating out or uh, <laughs> taking out or <laughs> take out or sitting in? That's maybe the question here. But um, no, uh, good recommendation. A smaller movie that will probably get a VOD release down the line as well. So we'll shout that out once um, it hits VOD as well. But uh, yeah, and then the last movie we're talking about today, or the last uh, trailer we're talking right, about, we, today, we are going to talk about Untitled. Uh, is we're just going to we're just going to not give it the light that it deserves because it was like second from the top, and I was like, <laughs> it's, Fuck it's just going to be like. <laughs> It's like after the outro music. <laughs> we'll just yep, talk yep, about yep, Uncharted. Right <laughs> I like that. But um, no, this is uh, Maggie uh, Gyllenhaal's directorial debut with Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Dakota Johnson, and Ed Harris called The Lost Daughter, uh, a Netflix production that I also already got to see. And um, I can speak highly of. I quite enjoyed it. The logline reads, A woman's beach vacation takes a dark turn when she begins to confront the troubles of her past. Lachlan, what did you think? Just seeing the trailer. Well, I've heard a lot of talk about this, so I'm already very excited to see it. Uh, but this trailer def- uh, got me more interested, way more interested, I should say, because no, it definitely hit the mark of 
where I thought this was going to be tonally and it's got the mm-hmm. cast to back it up and I love any uh, Hole, whether it's Maggie or Jake so I'm down to definitely see this directorial debut but uh, again it's got a killer cast in it and the story sounds super interesting so if you can speak highly of it and uh, everyone else does I'm definitely going to go see it. Yeah I, what I would say before you go in seeing the movie is that um, you're not going to go in with like a lot of plot being thrown at you it's, it's- it's a very much a character piece and a lot of rep, like repetition through mm-hmm. that as well. So it's a really slow movie in that sense. But uh, I think it's just held together by Olivia Coleman's performance. She's really incredibly strong in this, as as always. But uh, yeah, she just holds it together. Like you can look at her face, and there's so much, so much you can read in like every little motion she does. It, it was exactly the same as in The Father. It's just a phenomenal performance, one of the strongest this year. So let's move on away from the lost daughter to uh, stories of this week and uh, there's a sad one to start off Uh, maybe you've heard uh, the accident that happened on the set of Rust where uh, Alec Baldwin um, accidentally shot and killed the cinematographer and uh, wounded the director in in an accidental misfire of a prop gun yeah I don't know if there's I don't know what what we can say about this just like obviously rest in peace um Hanya Hutchkins the director of photography of this film and it's just really sad that uh, those accidents um still happen and can imagine the toll this takes on on someone um like uh for Baldwin to having done that on accident it's it's just terrifying you know whenever you work with with props because props are essentially just you know real guns loaded with planks so planks can still kill and um i guess this was mishandled uh there's still some stuff being cleared up about it about uh how it happened but um yeah lachlan did you have any thoughts on on this story no no it's uh well, everything you said, there's nothing really to talk about. This is a terrible accident. Yeah. Elena Hutchins, uh, obviously, is her name, uh, who unfortunately passed away. To see so many accidents in the past happen, it's it's hard to say how we haven't learned from something like this. It's just a really tragic story to come out. And whether this movie continues to go on uh, will be seen. But um, no, it's definitely just a terrible tragedy that's taken place. I guess we can just give a proper rest in peace and a moment of silence. And then we'll move on to uh, some lighter news, uh, but maybe also still devastating for some because Disney is moving their movies back a bit. <laughs> I don't know how invested you are in the Marvel, but for some people that might be a big deal. But next year, we're just getting three instead of four new Marvel films. Oh, boohoo us. Uh, but yeah, everything from this year will stay the same. But every other film subsequently, so Doctor Strange from March to May and then everything else just kind of moved back one back sl- uh, one uh, slot back. That includes um, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, Black Panther 2, The Marvels, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Ant-Man 3, and an untitled, I guess, MCU film. They all just moved back. Oh my god, I thought it said Uncharted MCU movie and I, I shat myself. <laughs> it's, it's Tom Holland and like this like uh, in a different reality that this uh, that in the multiverse is just uh, an uncharted character it's just nathan drake from uncharted it's all connected uh, that's it for the stories this week um let's have a look at this week's new releases for friday october 29th um in wide release 
we have A Mouthful of Air with Amanda Seyfried, a best-selling children's author who writes about unlocking childhood fears, has yet to unlock her own. After the birth of her second child, things get dark for her as a dark secret from her past comes rushing forward. And then we got Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons in Antlers. In an isolated Oregon town, a middle school teacher and a sheriff brother become embroiled with her enigmatic student whose dark secrets lead to terrifying encounters with a legendary ancestral creature who came before them. Uh, odd uh, logline, but <laughs> definitely something that also has been pushed around a bit, so uh, it's been on my radar for a while. Yeah, I swear this movie came out like a year ago. Yeah, I thought it was going to release on, on uh, like, digitally, but I guess it, it hasn't, so it's still getting a theatrical run. Um, Yeah, not getting a theatrical run, or maybe it is in some places, I don't even know, is Army of Thieves over on Netflix, the movie that we're going to talk about in a bit, the prequel to Army of the Dead, uh, led by Matthias Schweighöfer. We also got uh, Last Night in Soho coming out in the US. Uh, in Switzerland, it will be out on November 18th, and then Australia on November 18th. So we'll have a review. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have a review for it once it releases over in Australia. There's also the third installment of the anime hit uh, My Hero Academia that finds itself once again on the big screen. And uh, the Paranormal Activity series is getting a new entry with Next of Kin releasing on Paramount+. Plus. In limited release over in the US, we got The Souvenir Part 2, a really exciting movie that I already saw. It's it's definitely a cinephile movie. It takes a close look at filmmaking and um, is, once again, a slow-moving piece. I really enjoyed it. I can really recommend it. Uh, if it's playing near you, go check it out. Um, Luckily, I think you haven't seen the first one, I right? I didn't even know there was a part one. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it was into that in the title, where it, where it says Souvenir uh, Part 2. Uh, I there, thought it was just part, like, yeah, you know, one. like... There's two parts of a souvenir that they're giving back. Right. I mean, uh, completely does make sense. That's very rational of you. But uh, (laughs) over on Netflix uh, in Australia, actually, only in Australia on Netflix is the first one available. So maybe you can watch it anywhere else. Really? Oh, wow. Exactly. Oh, my God, it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. So maybe, uh, yeah, you can check it. It's definitely a slow-moving film. Um, I, I need to rewatch it. I didn't have time to rewatch it before I watched the second part. And I guess it just kind Ooh. of continues uh, that story, obviously. Film. But uh, yeah, without like catching you up. Yeah, it's a very slow-moving film, but um, definitely a... Uh, for, for people interested in the film industry, it, it, it's, it, it's interesting. And then uh, finally, we got Violet with Olivia Munn and Justin Theroux. This is the directorial debut of Justin Bateman, uh, the sister of Jason Bateman. And uh, Violet realizes that her entire life is built on fear-based decisions and must do everything differently to become her true self. So uh, yeah, quite a few movies coming out uh, this week. I'm actually quite happy that... You know, uh, cinemas and movie releases are wrapping up, uh, ramping up again, and we're getting way more every week. Too much for us to cover, of course, <laughs> but uh, it's still great to see a, a bit of a variety. And now uh, let's hear what Callie has in store for us at this week's Callie's Bootleg Movie Corner. Um, each week, Lachlan and I will try to guess what movie our lovely co-host Callie, currently residing in Dublin for her studies, is describing to us. Oftentimes, she is intoxicated while doing so. So, uh, let's do this. Hello, my dudes. I'm back. 
again. Quite an intoxicated heart attack. Heart attack, not drinks, you know. This is what Dublin does to you. You become a raging alcoholic. <laughs> nothing, nothing too excessive. I have another movie that I'm going to introduce to y'all. Oh, I've already made my guess. It's Shrek Forever After. <laughs> this week's movie is, um, well, we have another woman. She's living her life. But one of the relatives dies in a gruesome way. In a, gru- in a gruesome way or in a gruesome way? And she's way. like, let me just investigate that. So she does. And um, what she finds out is that she's going to die the same way. Essentially, <laughs> she has, okay. you know, a wow. couple days time. Wow. Okay. <laughs> My immediate thought went to in time for some reason. But I mean, Justin Timberlake is not a woman. A woman so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of falling flat figure out why the heck it happened so she starts investigating it with with a friend of hers but they they kind of figure it out they kind of don't but it's kind of a mystery and there's also a bunch of ugly pictures <laughs> ugly pictures okay and yeah I mean, she survives. Her friend does it. Is it like a horror film? Yeah, it's kind of spooky. I don't know if you have guesses yet, but... Oh, I know. I know the movie. Oh, I know the movie. I know the movie. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, please. I think I know. And yes, super please spooky. give a hint. Um, a hint I can give you. It involves a cassette, like a VHS. Oh, oh I know what it is. I know what it is. Oh, never I mind. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I thought I had it. Which is like should help you no. place it into a time period if that doesn't help you i'll give you another hint this will be my last yeah i'm not i, I won't talk so should I we get the other hint i think i feel like Sorry. i got it i do have a stab in the dark but i have not seen the movie i know i think i know what it is i'm pretty sure i know what it is. but i feel i feel like i that know was a pretty good hint. what it could be there's there's a there's another like there's like another like 90 seconds to go in this i think she's gonna give us quite a big hint i'm gonna say it's the ring i was gonna say the same thing i initially thought it was gonna yeah. be midsommar but then it was like the ring the ring cassette with the cassette it, uh, it had no clue what she was talking about. They were completely wrong. The cassette thing. Okay, let's let's hear it. Maybe, maybe we'll change our mind. <laughs> the people are actually killed by this young girl who comes from a well. Yes. Yeah, you go. It's the ring from a well. I. Well, I thought it was just a the TV, but <laughs> I don't know where she comes from. I haven't seen it. It has been parodied a couple times. It has been adapted quite a couple times. So I mean, the story is the same. There's there's two different versions that are quite popular and i will give you just the last five seconds to guess what it is five four three two one so the if ring. you said either the ring. hideo nakata's the ring ringu, ringu from 1998 or the ring from 2002 well, i guess yeah, we didn't give a name right. like the uh, year i mean from like gore Rubinsky, i think that's his name then you're completely right ding 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 as one would said would say yeah, I'm actually writing a research paper on those, so wish me luck. Have fun. All right. I hope you enjoyed another, um, another, what do you call it? I don't even know. Are we going to ever do a live one of these? We definitely should at some point. Yeah, that would be perfect. Um, another clip, another edition. That's the word I was searching for. Another edition of Kelly Gets Drunk and Explains Movies that she's seen like once. That's the new title. Kelly Gets Drunk and Sees a Movie Once. If not, then you kind of suck, but... See you next time. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye. Enjoys a um <laughs> a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a lot of fun uh thank you kelly for that so the movie was uh, the ring and we did both guess the ring again i initially thought she was talking about mitsoma yeah i know that's what but, i was uh, thinking yeah i could have just copied you there because i ma- ma- uh, made you go first but yeah i feel like she only threw us a curveball with that shrek one <laughs> all the other ones have been 
kind of okay to guess, especially with, with the tips that she's been giving us. But yeah, uh, thank you so much, Kelly. And uh, we'll hear back from you um, next week. All right, let's uh, get to what we've been watching. And uh, yeah, Lachlan, what have you been watching? Uh, well, I've watched one movie and I started one series. So my girlfriend's never seen Game of Thrones. So we've started Game of Thrones and I know what I'm mm. getting into and she doesn't. And it's kind of like, it's like watching innocence die. It's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, it's really good. And I'm like, oh, she's going to enjoy it so much. And then it's going to get to the oh, end geez. and I know it's going to crush her. Oh, fuck. I know that she listens to these as well. So she's going to hear this. Edit that part out. Edit that part out. <laughs> Okay. No, it, well, I'll just edit it out for her. Like, we'll, we'll shadow ban her on Spotify for just that specific section. So I, I still really enjoy it. I still like the world, which is why I'm quite excited for the House of Dragons spinoff yeah. that they're doing. And if they're going to do any other spinoffs. But no, mm -hmm. yeah, we obviously yeah. watched the first couple of episodes and they're really good. Like, I mean, sure, they've aged a little bit in comparison to, say, like the middle of the seasons, like the middle middle seasons and say season six, in my opinion, season five and six are probably some of my favorites if I'm yeah. just going off the top of my head. But yeah, you'll get probably come some summaries uh, over the next couple of weeks of me just being like, we're up to this season and this has happened. And yeah, you know, uh, actually... <laughs> No, I'm not going to say. Actually, you want to yeah. hear something funny, Ewan? This is just, this is not on the, this is not the podcast. All right, that's just a little break from the show. And a reminder that uh, there's some issues with Lachlan's audio that we now fixed, but you'll hear it throughout this episode still. So bear with us as his audio slightly clicks. I hope you didn't already uh, like not hear it and now you can hear it. Other than that, the only other thing I watched this week was Promising Young Ooh. Woman. How did you, how did you I like it? I liked it. it. Oh, yeah. My feelings were in it and I liked it. You did? I don't know. It was actually just fucking enjoyable. I just put it on and watched it and it was awesome. great. Like, it, 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 Carrie Mulligan is insane. Yeah. Uh, Bo Burnham, uh, heartbroken, but also a bit of a dick at the end. Everything just, the, like, I don't know how to describe this, this movie because it was just like a roller coaster, <laughs> yeah. but it was so enjoyable from the start to the end. And then also to watch, uh, mm. how do you pronounce this movie that we talked about this week? Titan? Is it Titan? 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 Uh, Titan. Titan. Well, it's. Okay. Well, I say it in French. Uh, and then I watched Titan as well this week. And I was like, oh, yeah, French. And I was like, oh, wow, these movies are like not the same, but they have very similar vibes to it. And so watching Promising Young Woman kind of prepped for me to watch uh, Titan. Um, but yeah, yeah, right. It's a really interesting double feature, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I, I, I really enjoyed Promising Young Woman. It was I, I, I like the story was wicked, which I can see how it got best original screenplay at the Oscars. All the performances were great. I completely forgot Bo Burnham was in it. So when he popped up, it was a genuinely good surprise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but no, uh, anything I would say is if, 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 if you want to skip forward by like 20 seconds to not get spoiled, uh, here we go. Um, didn't like how quickly she died at the end. No, that's just my opinion. You know, she just died and I was like, okay, cool. Had some impact, whatever. But other than that, uh, really enjoyable movie. Yeah. You should definitely watch it. Back to spoiler free. Um, actually, should I say it again? Should I say it again? Like, so that people will skip 20 seconds and I say the spoiler and they'll be like, ah, you mm -hmm. fucking. Yeah. Ah, you fuck. <laughs> uh, 
Ah, you missed it. <laughs> well, you can skip by 15 seconds. Hello. So they've either skipped uh, just like the, another section and it's just like, hey, hello back. This is about 30 seconds now. <laughs> I don't know, this is getting really meta with the editing. Uh, but yeah, that's been all you've been watching. We'll talk about uh, Titan um, a bit more in a second uh, once I've... I guess gone through the stuff that I've been watching, and uh, I, I I've been watching more shows recently. I don't know why I have been doing that. There was this one movie that I watched, which was a documentary called Cow, uh, which was basically like this really like shaky cam. It felt like a POV narrative of how it would be like to be a cow in a sense. But it was just like it was it was watching cows. Obviously, it wasn't just like pretending to be a cow. That would be quirky. But no, it was like in um for cows to get uh milked and then. Uh, obviously the cycle of like uh production of 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 goods and it had no narration whatsoever it was just like basically you watching these cows uh it reminded me a lot of gunda which was this beautiful black and white documentary as well about a bunch of farm animals and gunda uh, a big pig with her piglets but this was also like it had a visceral uh conclusion and it really came together i i felt like there was quite a dread in between um like throughout the runtime it did feel kind of long but i think that was the purpose it, it was really a, a, like it had a message attached obviously and as someone who you know doesn't consume any milk or whatever and um this this hits quite close to home to you know that i feel empathy for this animal so it's like you know you already got me and i really enjoyed it i actually enjoyed i enjoyed it way more than i thought i would and um yeah Go check it out whenever it comes out. Uh, I caught it at uh, the Chicago International Film Festival, but I'm sure it will get a release sometime soon. Um, then I watched uh, Scenes of a Marriage that uh, concluded, I think, one or two weeks ago. Uh, this is a modern day adaptation um, of Ingmar Bergman's, I think somewhere in the 70s when he was doing that on TV. Uh, uh, scenes of a marriage, basically just looking at a couple, and um, the, each each uh, each episode of the five episodes that there are in total starts with them being not in character, kind of walking around on set and then getting in character. And I don't know, that was that was definitely something that it just took from the other one. Uh, it didn't really add much to me to the overall experience, but it's like really up my alley for stuff that I enjoy because it was basically just Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain talking about their emotions like for an hour each episode which is like i, I fucking love that <laughs> so like my favorite trilogy of all times is the before trilogy so it does make sense and um especially the first two or three episodes are really strong so go check uh that out it's available over on hbo and uh the final show that's also available over on hbo that's succession i finally jumped on the bandwagon <laughs> of people praising um this show with the release of I think by the time this episode come out comes out there's uh there's about three episodes of season three out and I was I was kind of skeptical where the high praise was coming from from the first few episodes of season one because I thought it was already like a super good show obviously no spoilers here um but there, it's just like a lot of despicable characters all these rich people that are like succeeding the line of another rich old guy that has like a big company that maybe they want to inherit but also not and further on in the season there's a lot of like just a lot of really good plot and character moments that feel like they really come together in this third season with a lot of like tension being built up but not in a in a i don't know in a, in a way that it's just like oh it's just for uh the sake of entertainment and just, just for the sake of us seeing the story but it, it feels there's a grip to it there's a reality to it and um yeah uh, I don't know if there needs to be another person who says succession is 
good. But if you haven't had that person in your life, let me tell you, Succession is good. So go check it out. So, uh, Lachlan, let's get to Titan. Following a series of unexplained crimes, a former firefighter is reunited with his son who has been missing for 10 years. Uh, so that's the logline for Titan, which doesn't tell you much. And without, I guess, spoiling much, because we are going to keep this spoiler free, at least in the main episode, it's not really a truthful logline. <laughs> there's, there's some there's, there's some white lies uh, in there for sure. There's some parts missing there. But uh, honestly, I would have a really hard time describing this movie. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that this has been received quite positively. Uh, it has a 3.8 on Letterboxd, a 7 on IMDb, and a 73 on Metacritic. Uh, Lachlan, what did you think of Titan? I liked it. Hey. I'm still not sure if I loved it or I was just like, yeah, this is a movie I watched and it was really, uh, I don't know, there was a lot of lot of like violence in it <laughs> and it was hard to watch. Or if it's just like, I don't know, a, a great a, a great movie. I, I It's still, like it's, I've seen it a week ago and I still cannot like quite make my mind okay. up about it. Uh, and I don't know where that comes from. I usually don't have that problem. And I just try to consume quite a bit of uh, other reviews and, uh, yeah, see what people were, were saying about the film. Um, and I think what I'm struggling with is that there is nothing uh, that I can just, like, easily attach myself onto and would, like, say, yeah, I, I agree with... with um, with, with that take particularly. What I did find really interesting about the film is that it doesn't really explain how the characters are, how they are. Like, it doesn't really try to overly explain how the characters got to be to where they are right now. It is mainly just like, look at these broken people that, I don't know, are trying to mend themselves or like trying to mm. fix themselves at least a little bit through using each other and also taking away from the other person, but also giving. And that give or take is like, I don't know, it's such, it's 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 a weird balance that, that yeah, was like a, a taking and giving throughout the whole movie. Uh, I, it just left me really confused. But yeah, did you come out with a clear-cut opinion right after you've seen it? How can you come out with a clear-cut opinion after seeing this movie? It's a very complicated movie to talk about. I, I think we should split it if you want to kind of like describe it into two parts, really. Yeah. Because it's definitely mm -hmm. got two sections to it. It definitely has the first half uh, introducing us to the main character. And then it's got a second half uh, about a firefighter and his story. So yeah. it's a, um, really confusing to watch, I feel like, the first time, which is why I do want to give it a second watch. Um, but I sometimes find it hard to watch movies like this a second time because I already know what I'm getting myself into so that shock factor, that wow factor, that, that first time feeling of watching something is not there. And that's why when I do a rewatch of a movie, it's, I don't have the same, sometimes the same passion as I did when I first watched it. Cause obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of shocks in this film. There's a mm -hmm. lot of, uh, not just like story plot shocks, but like visually what the fuck am I watching shocks? Uh, so, yeah. uh, overall for me, I did enjoy it. Like I, I really did enjoy the story that was presented to me and the vision that was brought forward and the look of everything and, and, and the performances at the same time. So yeah, I think for me, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it, but again, I'm in the same boat. I don't know if I love it because I definitely see on Letterboxd that people are loving this mm -hmm. movie. And I, I really don't like jumping on, uh, like 
arriving at conclusions uh, if if I like something, if I just can't put my finger on it. And I just, yeah, this everyone's liking it. So maybe I'm just missing something and it is great. So I feel like what you mentioned with the shock factor, I think if you rewatch it and there's still like themes that go throughout the film that maybe get overshadowed by a lot of the sh- shocking uh, moments that you do have in between, then maybe I can take something away from it a bit more than I did on my first watch. But I was just, yeah, pretty shocked. And the thing was... <laughs> I haven't said this in a while because I haven't been watching that much with uh, my brother, but I took my brother who's who's 15 to see this film. <laughs> he loved it. He he loved the movie. He came out uh, liking it way more than I did. And uh, I found it really interesting what he said because he just said, I can't really say why, but I just thought it was it was really powerful. It just had oh. it had a lot of power behind it. It felt like it was it was really just going for what it wanted to be. And was really confident in it. It swung big. And for him, it really didn't miss. Although he didn't really understand it completely. I also come from a point where I really like to understand what the filmmaker was going for. And maybe what her perspective was. And I'm not entirely sure that I that I got that. Because we don't get a lot of resolution. Again, not mentioning specifics. So that will be spoilers. But we don't get a, like conclusive revolu- uh, resolutions for some of these characters. At least thematically or maybe maybe more in their c- character progression. Maybe it ends on an end note that you could say it's conclusive. But I felt like there's, there's so much more to discover in these characters. But we never get like that much uh, like backstory to them. It, it's, it's really just uh, one-noted little things. And it makes it just re- seem so real. But then it's also the brutality that's also super real and it just makes it so hard to watch overall and just devastating. So I think if you can stomach it, uh, really go seek out a showing of this. <laughs> but again, just watch the trailer, maybe see if you if, if that's your vibe, if you can um, handle, you know, some some gruesome, some gruesome uh, bloody uh, scenes. Uh, Lachlan, do you want to give your non-spoiler rating for Titan? I gave it a, was a three and a half? Yeah, I gave it a three and a half out of five. That was initially what I gave it as well, but then I just I just could not stop thinking about this movie. Like, every time I go to sleep, I'm like, I get flashes of this film. and That is terrifying. <laughs> no, no, like in like in a good way. Like in a good way. Like, Which part? You know, you, you see Santa that's like has scary teeth and is about to eat you up and like like normal stuff like was that. Was it the part know, where... I did usually it, see. Uh, well, obviously, from a non-spoiler perspective, was it the... I feel like, I feel like the sh- although there's some way more like gruesome stuff i think the, sh- the shower scene uh if you remember i thought that one was terrifying to watch i just could not although it's not like it there's there's low stakes in there but i gave it a eight out of ten or four out of five and uh, if you want to hear us talk full-on spoilers, uh, you can join our Patreon um, as a PA, a personal assistant. On our first tier, you'll get to listen uh, to this week's bonus episode, which will be the spoiler talk for Titan. Uh, but let's move on to Army of Thieves. A mysterious woman recruits bank teller Ludwig Dieter to lead a group of aspiring thieves on a top-secret heist during the early stages of the zombie apocalypse. Directed by Matthias Schweighöfer and written by none other than... Who is it? Zack Snyder and uh, Shay Hatton, who also wrote uh, Army of uh, the Dead. We get this prequel telling, I guess, the origin story of Ludwig Dieter. Uh, Also, I think his name was like... Early on, it was like Sebastian, but then he changed it to Ludwig Dieter, which is like, okay, I don't know. I don't know if that was necessary, Mm. but I guess... uh, So, Lachlan, we are not going to waste any time uh, not talking fully about this film. So if you have not seen it, or if you do not care, uh, we'll talk full-on spoilers. I can already tell you, even if you haven't seen it, we're just going to have good old time reviewing this film. So <laughs> just your general thoughts on Army of Thieves. I fucking loved it. Okay, you, you got to explain to me what you loved about this film, Lachlan. 
I don't care. It was it was fun. Yeah. I had a great time. Okay. Fucking Sebastian is a fucking charismatic dude. And yeah. I care for him and I like him and I like what he's doing. Uh, super referential, like uh, like 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 referential to like know. other heist films. Re- yeah. Yeah. So it makes a lot of references. It's cool. Mm. I don't know. It's funny. I like it. The the CGI with the uh, what are they called? Vaults were cool. Um, it was uh, going inside. Yeah, like three out of ooh. five. Yeah. I feel like he would be a great new listener to the podcast, as I said. Maybe he will be someone to shout the podcast out to. We said we want new ears. We really want the best of the ears out there. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm your weekly buskill to tell you I fucking hate having fun and I didn't like this movie. <laughs> I don't know what it was about this film. Maybe just inherently no need for its existence. Maybe that's one point. Uh, I thought the references were just kind of eh. I didn't like that. It was like, ooh, this is how it would be in a heist film. And this is the part where it doesn't go wrong or whatever. It's like playing with your expectations in a way that's just so incredibly lazy. And I thought the humor was not really hitting a lot. Like it was, it was working quite well in uh, Army of the Dead, which is like one of the best points, uh, best things about the film. I think he was actually the most interesting part of that movie overall. But not having that, uh, I can't remember the guy's name in uh, Army of the Dead, but um, that deadpan character to play off from, it just, I don't know, it didn't really work for me as, as a as a piece, as an entire piece. Mm. And it just felt like a really prolonged extended version of a flashback that we got for the character intros that you know didn't didn't really add anything besides he's just good with vaults because he, he's done the previous free and i don't know i don't know what it is about movie franchises needing to over explain that we need to see every important step of a character like he was no one and then he did those three things and then he does the thing but in, in the in the original movie he came off as someone who's like been this proficient like uh like heist person for a long time who's able to crack these vaults but okay i'm monologuing i want to get you back into the conversation Lachlan. what did you like about the action was that you mentioned something about the uh, the cgi the look of it i liked just i like sebastian i like L- ludwig whatever his new name is ludwig um, ludwig yeah ludwig uh i just liked him he was charismatic he carried the story for me i felt bad for him right and i i know I, I fell in love with this man essentially <laughs> it's the best way to put it which like i like i felt you saying that is pretty funny yeah. because he he's obviously a german actor right and he directed the film but in Germany, he usually like he has a lot of movies that are just rom-coms and he's usually the love interest. So that's kind of his of thing. And I thought it was kind yeah. of cheesy that they shoehorn a love story into this as well. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like I enjoyed all the parts where like when the when obviously the Interpol dude who didn't like any action movies as he grew up walked up to the police officer and the guy was like this is what happened yeah it's really cool it's like a it was like it's like a spy story <laughs> yeah and the police officer was like shut the fuck up that was funny i, I was like that. that's funny yeah and uh anytime where he would be like oh we're like super bad guys like so sorry we're like uh criminals now we should have cold words and like secret knocks and i'm like he's just like a small child who's always dreamed about being a superhero and obviously he does in that little backstory of his yeah. um it's like it's like kind of just entertaining to watch so i i, I liked it for that reason i just enjoyed that out of it really yeah again when i say i loved it i just i don't mean i loved it like i haven't i haven't loved it on letterboxd i've i just enjoyed watching it i had a good time okay. but i also had a good time watching uh Titane. so at the same time it's like i like these two movies for completely different reasons that is t- yeah totally fair i i had a, a better time with the first one although when you look at my rating i gave them the same exact rating so you know numbers usually don't really 
yeah. speak yeah. like can sum up what you what you feel about a movie. Uh, but for you at least. <laughs> okay, Mister, my numbers Ayo. are always representing my actual thoughts over here. But uh, yeah, um, we'll we'll keep this this uh, one um, short because I I cannot wait any longer to get to Dune. But uh, first up, Lachlan, what did you give uh, Army of Thieves? I gave it two and a half out of five, and I gave it two out of five. Uh, so go check it out if you are invested in all of uh, everything that Snyder's involved. And I guess the Snyderverse over on Netflix now with all of these zombie flicks. I think there's an animated movie or series coming up as well. I guess between this and this, all the Squid Game stuff that is upcoming, I'm, I'm more interested in the Squid Game stuff, although it's going to be pretty repetitive or over on Netflix for a while. I, I feel like the big stuff. Uh, anyways, getting off topic, let's get to Dune, the long-awaited Dune. Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. As malevolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, a commodity capable of unlocking humanity's greatest potential, only those who can conquer their fear will survive. Okay, what an epic logline to an epic movie. Overall, this movie has been received really positively. We can already take this away. I think both of us really enjoyed it, right? Uh, that's an understatement, but yes. yes. <laughs> okay. The sentiment so far has been pretty resoundingly positive uh, on Letterboxd. It's on a 4.1 on IMDb and 8.3. That's really high. And on Metacritic, a 75. The movie just opened in US, uh, US cinemas and is now available over on HBO Max to stream. Still not playing in theaters over in Australia, but you'll get it at some point. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk non-spoilers, of course, at first. And then obviously we do want to get into spoilers uh, later on. So Lachlan, what were your overall thoughts? Just summed up uh, real quick for Dune. Before I even begin. Right. Okay. Yes. To everyone listening, you should go see this movie in cinemas. Please if you do. really like it, you should go see it a second time. <laughs> yes. If you have to watch it on a streaming service, you should watch it multiple times. And the reason is, it's the same reason we don't get a second or a sequel to Blade Runner 2049 or another Blade Runner set in that universe is that that movie flopped. Or Mad Max. I don't want to see maybe. this movie flopped. Or Mad Max. Yeah. I I don't want to see these. Oh, Mad Max. I had the, the studio issues, but I don't want to see right, this movie yeah. flop because they already know where they want to go for it, the part two. Because if you didn't know, this is June part one. Yeah. This is only half of the story that wants to be told or even just part of the story that wants to be told in mm. this world. Uh, Denis Villeneuve wants to do a second part and he really, really wants to. And the only way we can get that to happen is seeing it multiple times. I am going to see this movie multiple fucking times. Yeah. And I'm going to see it in, if I can, the biggest cinema. And if I find out there's a bigger cinema that's just opened up, I'm going to go watch it in that <laughs> fucking cinema. Yes, please. And if they're like, hey, we're going to have an outdoor <laughs> cinema. And we're like, okay, I'm going to watch it in an outdoor fucking cinema, right? Yeah. But I'm also going to watch it on my TV at home. I'm going to watch it everywhere. I'm going to watch it on my phone. I'm not going to watch it on my phone. <laughs> um. Yeah. But like, honestly, because like last time I checked, it only, I think it only reached. 140 reached million its, um, so far. Yeah. yeah. It hadn't reached its budget. Like it's estimated budget. If you don't know, movies need to make it like at least double to be profitable. Uh, Typically that's how you can, I mean, that's typically how you can figure out if it's profitable or not. Yeah. Um. So go to this movie if you can, because while it's short, it does abruptly end. This is just one part of this epic tale. So yeah. my quick summary of this movie is that this is a spectacle. This is stunning. It's, it's 
fuck the like there hasn't been a it's been a long time since I'm driving in the car and I, I didn't have any podcasts to listen to this week. Mm-hmm. I listened to them all, funnily enough, and I put on the soundtrack to a movie and I put on yeah. this soundtrack. This soundtrack is like whew, the fucking Hans Zimmer is just like zimmering his fucking hands out of this motherfucker. Um <laughs> his way out of the like, Zimmer. Zimmer means yeah. room in German. Um, so that's there ooh. you go. Your Ooh. German lesson for the week. You have one of the greatest composers working on this movie. You have yeah. uh, some of the most spectacular cinematography in any movie in the past 10 years. He's also the guy who did uh, uh, Zero Dark Thirty, Vice. Uh, he did Rogue One. I fucking love the look mm. of Rogue One. Um, yeah. he, he's done so many like incredible movies. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's also doing, uh, the Batman. Greg well. Frazier is doing uh, the Batman. I'm pretty sure oh, he's wow. doing the Batman. Hang on. Yeah, okay. no, he's doing the Batman. Here it is. Oh, yeah. So he, he, this guy, Great look as this well. guy incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you also have some of the most incredible actors like today working. I mean, obviously our main character of Dune being uh, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, Timmy! One of the, Give me some Timmy. Timmy! Yeah. One of the greatest youngest workers acting right now. And I'll get to one of the scenes that made me go, this kid can act. Um, you've mm-hmm. got Zendaya, you've got uh, Rebecca Ferguson, you've got Oscar Isaac, you've got Jason Momoa, you've got Stan fucking Skazgard in a fat <laughs> suit on a lift and it's fucking insane. You've got Josh Brolin, uh, you've got Javier Bardem, you've got uh, Dave Bautista, you've got such an incredible cast. And to bring it all together, you have one of the greatest directors, in my opinion, living Direct- yeah. directors who can do scale. He can do scale like there's no tomorrow. He, he's proved himself Preach. in Blade Runner. Yes. He proved himself with Arrival. He can do small scale stuff. He can do tight, fucking claustrophobic Sicario shit, but he can also do Dune. And he does it, in my opinion. Dune part one, while sure, isn't the most gripping uh, in terms of uh, entertaining stories, but it brings you to a world and it, me- and, and it means that it has set up this world that you will enjoy to in part two because all i can think in part two is going to be well yes it's still not going to be the fast action paced uh fucking i don't know it's not going to be the prequel star wars movies which are the majority of them is like really actiony um Mm. it's going to be more action in a world that you know because this world is so well developed you i don't think there's a single person who can come out of a cinema or their tv or i guess their phone if they're watching it on their fucking phone um (laughs) that can come out of this movie and say that they don't know like this, this world hasn't been developed like they set it up so so well so yeah for me the world building is insane the acting is insane cinematography the score the directing everything has come together and it nails it on the head you summed it up perfectly i was just thinking before when you said like where people are watching it maybe coming together i don't know i just like i just thought about kelly's kelly's segment i was like the ring girl is like about to murder someone and then she realizes <laughs> it's actually watching you and so it's like oh i just gotta just gotta like stay in the back and just watch along i just watch this as well i completely agree what, what i have to add as well is that it is baffling to me that uh, how he manages to have so much exposition thrown at you in a way that i yeah. do not mind maybe it is that like in every single fucking shot there even if it's just like people walking there's just a vastness of this completely different universe that you are so involved in because it just it just the cgi is is blending together with with the plot so well that it's 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 just uh it doesn't take you out of the experience it, it is uh amazing that way and i felt the same way about the visuals of blade one and 24 although i i don't think it's on that level but that's like the highest price i think that's top four at no top five best looking movies ever made 
And this movie gets damn close to that as well. Uh, it's just, it's just it's such a pleasing film to look at. Hans Zimmer's score scores usually can be quite overwhelming. I feel like it fit perfectly for this, for the vastness of this world, like the immense spectacle and. Uh, yeah, just the scale of the whole uh, story. And like you said, the performance is really strong as well. I feel like he's solidifying himself as a really capable uh, sci-fi drama um, director uh, with Arrival uh, being the one that's maybe the most focused on characters, uh, followed by Blade Runner 2049 and then this movie. But even being this removed from maybe the emotional stakes in the characters, maybe also partly because we are still in kind of a setup phase for this universe. It, it does leave me at a place where I'm thinking, hold on, am I just living in this moment right now where we are getting our, our like Star Wars, the original Star Wars series, where we don't really know where it's going and it's just going to be this this new thing, this new experience that, uh, yeah, hopefully it's not going to be this uh, as big as maybe Star Wars was originally, of course, but maybe just like for us as an experience, it can be similar like like Star Wars or even Lord of the Rings with these um these chapters in in and in, in a bigger story that uh yeah I, I cannot wait for part two and, and it does uh, end quite abruptly and I think that's where the biggest critiques come in from a lot of people obviously not uh spoiling anything specific yet but uh, it it did kind of end on a note where I was just like, okay, this is a tease. I want I want to keep going. It's obviously not a, like a cliffhanger that it wouldn't be. That would be pretty bad for a movie that we don't know even know if we'll ever get it. Uh, so again, please go see it. Uh, I actually will see it with my brother who has not seen it, and then I already have a plan to go watch it on uh, on a date, and uh, that date has already seen it. I think two or three times in cinemas. So oh, wow. shout out to her. Love that. Great She's stuff. She is. <laughs> she is the one. She is the Messiah. She's. What, what's the name of the chosen one? I don't know. I don't speak Dothraki. <laughs> the Vizak uh, Hadarich. I think that's the one. I feel like we've uh, had our main <laughs> big two monologues praising the film uh, non in a non-spoiler fashion. Lachlan, do you want to get into more specifics? Yep. All right. This has been your spoiler warning. So let's talk uh, spoilers for Dune. So Lachlan, I, I like I like to do this with you. So I know this is going to be really hard, uh, but maybe could you sum up the movie for us in your own words? In my own words, Timothy Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet, Tim, Tim, Timmy, Tim, Timmy, Timmy is the son of Oscar Isaac. Yes. And they're living on a world that's full of water, like Earth. Yeah. Uh, and then Timmy goes to a planet full of sand <laughs> and he hates sand. Sand is coarse. <laughs> And it and it get <laughs> um sorry uh um okay sorry uh okay no there's a Teletubby and the Teletubby's naked and Dave Bautista's all mad that they have to leave a planet that's full of a thing called spice spice is a a, a hallucinogen. And B, apparently the only way you can do space travel. So it's yeah. pretty fucking important for both A, spacemen, and B, people who like to get high. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's speed in two different ways, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this galactic empire, there's an emperor who says, hey, uh, Teletubbies leave and uh, <laughs> Atreides goes in. So he's basically playing space chess and they go to the land of spice to yeah. get high and to mine it to get high <laughs> or for space travel. They're never, really, they're never really exactly telling you what they're using the spice for, but they yeah. tell you it's for those two things. You've got to make your mind up. So essentially, House Atreus, uh, 
goes in and uh, Timmy uh, flies over and he's a white man in a foreign country, foreign planet. So he's the Messiah. Cannot handle the spice. <laughs> yeah. Cannot handle yes. the spice. True. Timmy is the Messiah. Now, first things first, like actually seriously, I know a lot of people talked about the the, the white savior tropes of this movie, and I'm mm-hmm. read, I listened to a couple of podcasts about it, and uh, Villeneuve definitely says that hey, yes, it is like this. That's obviously like it's prominent there, but it's more to be a uh, critique of said thing, and he wants to go into it more in the second part. So I can see how splitting the movie into two parts can be pretty difficult to to have themes that run throughout both of them. But yeah. no, I honestly got to say he he's he's not he's reluctant to take upon that role that is like bestowed to him so i don't yeah, i don't really yeah. see him playing into that that role that he's like who's saving these people uh but yeah i, I guess it is uh, any, in a way any, that he's joining them anyways i continue anyway uh timothy joins the planet he notices his palm trees palm trees are important for no reason <laughs> uh, the dothraki come along and uh spits spits on the table um uh. and then the atreides dothraki jason momoa has actually been living with them so here he, like he's a dothraki anyway so Essentially, that happens. Uh, they're in their little firefly thing, and they see the first worm, and then the worm comes up out of the sand like a spiky butthole, and <laughs> consumes that that spice. And I can't imagine how high those worms must be. The spiky, um, spiky butthole. Oh my god. So, so uh, Timmy has a bunch of wet dreams about Zendaya, like any person yeah. under the age of thirty has. <laughs> Sorry, you don't keep that one in. That's a bad one. Uh, Timmy has some wet dreams about Zendaya and they uh, House of Trades gets betrayed. And uh, Josh Brolin has some of the coolest uh, shots in this movie where he's just like so badass and like is like, all right, boys, who's with me? And then starts fighting. And we don't know if he's dead or not dead because you don't really see him die. So we're probably going to see yeah. that in part two. Timmy's kidnapped and they're flown away and they're in the desert and they have to use their smarts to get about him. Timmy starts tripping out and having some more wet dreams about Zendaya. They end up having to run away from a sand butthole worm and they That's Dune. are running from the, the Baron. That's Dune. And then there's yeah. a fight. Wait, wait, wait. wait. There's a, a fight. Yeah. Then there's a fight. There's a mm. fight between Timothy Shalla Chalamet and uh, some dude who's meant to be like super respected to him and that's where, like, he's not meant to die from him. He's, like, he's meant to, like, he's meant to kill Timmy. But Timmy's like, nah, I'm going to choose my own destiny and yeah. kills him instead uh, and wins the respect of the Dothraki. And uh, literally, I'm pretty sure the last words of this movie are there's more to come. Or there's, like, hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the last words are it's only the beginning. So fuck off. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. Yeah, I feel like he can make even so, three movies out of this. <laughs> yeah, so you got to edit that to make it sound like I did that in one take. Hey, you, you, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You definitely did that in, in one take. Yeah, yeah. What I was thinking, definitely did the that. only note that I had, had was that um, if you get, get blue balled by Zendaya too much, your eyes will literally turn blue. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was interesting that uh, the presence of Zendaya was basically like, I heard some people describe it as like a uh, music video esque. It's <laughs> just like these quick flashes of <laughs> just like doing stuff and then we're back to the main story. But yeah, you summed that up so perfectly. I don't know what specifically we would want to um, get into. I mean, you, you already touched on the deaths. You talked Everything. about the palm trees. You, I don't know you, why it was two yeah. and a half hours. I just did it in like two seconds. <laughs> the podcast. Just just like take away the visuals from Dune. And that's basically, you got Dune served to you on a, on a silver plate with a side of, of spice. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy. All right, let's break it. Let's break it up then. Let's break it up. Let's start off with them. A tray, uh, House of Trey is still on their main planet. Like yeah. That opening first, like thirty minutes. 
I think the first scene I'd like to point out is the test that Timmy does with that cult of uh, women dressed in black. Right, yeah. Because I- that scene there made like blew me away a little bit with Timmy. Like I was pretty impressed by how he fucking acted in that in that scene. Right. It is the scene that starts off the, the novel as well, and I didn't really get past uh <laughs> <laughs> that part of the book so i got like i don't know i got like 80 or 90 you pages you didn't in. get past the first all oh, right <laughs> i got to the first seven pages and i was like yeah it's not it chief <laughs> no it's just a long book and I, I never have time but i feel like i still have time to finish it because we apparently we didn't even get halfway through the book from what i've heard from people it's really just like the beginning i don't know if the next movie will just be like three and a half hours long uh but yeah that scene is is really is really strong you mean specifically when he has to put the hand in and showcase like yeah, being in the hurt box. emotions hand in yeah. box right yeah i mean we've seen him in another scenario where it was like ha- hand in boxers in call me by your name i'm super hey, surprised oh. and yeah. pleasantly surprised the, the range of this man putting yeah. his hands and things with peaches Impressive. and boxes he's great with them <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah i guess like for me, I thought that scene was impressive, and I like in terms of uh, Timothy Chalamet's performance. I I was a lot of people I I've been reading are like, oh yeah, you know he's he's good and all, but it's not like it's gonna blow you away. And I was like, well, that scene there showed me that this kid can act. Yeah, like he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have to bring much to it, but the subtlety of pain and all that, and then it it, it was just really really good. But um, maybe that was just me. I thought that was really uh strong of him, and obviously that entire scene i guess shows you his relationship with his mother he yeah. is very close to his mother it doesn't really show you how close you he is to his father mm-hmm. but he's got you know the powers of this sisterhood that are meant to be exclusively to women and she has taught uh paul these 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 secrets and they're testing him and he's he's worthy i feel like that uh what is interesting is that the conflict between uh oscar isaacs and um and Rebecca Ferguson's character, uh, it comes from, not from a place of dispute or maybe disagreement, but it comes from a place of, of love in a sense. And mm. framing that in a way that still builds kind of traumatic tension uh, with them both wanting the best for their kid, but just like in a really different way. And they're, they're really not yeah. aligned with with which way he should go. And he's like this torn thing in between that's being used, but also on the way to finding himself. It's a lot of stuff that uh, like it's, it's not something that is focused on that much because there's so much going on in the story. But that was something that was just, uh, um, yeah, one of the highlights for me. One thing I want to point out as well is that scene where the officials arrive. Mm. Man, the outfits, costume design, set design, world building in that, just that first scene is so interesting. Like, it's not as futuristic as I think Star Wars is, because Star Wars is pretty much like, because obviously it's set in a different, entire different universe. It's like they, they can be super advanced, but... It seems like these guys, like the, mm. like all of their houses seem super non-techy and then they've got space travel and yeah. stuff. So it's still set in a world of reality, even though it's like 10,191. It's like, that's a long fucking time. And yeah. all they've really, all they've really got down packed. I mean, it's a lot, but sp- into, <laughs> into like galaxy trans, like transportation is pretty, pretty fucking impressive, but they're so mm-hmm. expansive. Like the human race is so expansive at this point that the, and I'm assuming that's the human race, but, uh, they've got different colonies now that have completely different religions and beliefs. And that's kind of what I found really exciting about this. And it's funnily enough, what I found quite exciting about uh, a TV show that I'm watching at the moment, Foundation on Apple TV, because mm-hmm. that's basically same kind of concept. Human race is spread out a bunch across a planet, uh, a bunch across planets, a bunch, a, across a bunch of planets. Fuck me. Can't say words. Um, 
<laughs> and they've all got different beliefs and religions and same deal here. Like they've got an order of women who have special yeah. powers. Uh, each kind of uh, house has their own style of ships. It's, it's really awesome. The world building they have in this first 30 minutes. Um, yeah. And then you've got that fight scene with Josh Brolin and Timmy. What do you, what did you think of the action in this movie? Yeah. I was about to touch on that because my, I have my notes here actually from the movie and I want to show you, and maybe you can describe what it looks like because it is really messy. Cause I am in a in a dark cinema room trying to write down notes. Uh, so this is what that, is that looks penis? like. What? There's no no. I don't oh, draw no, a penis sorry. in my notes. Oh, it oh. does look like a penis. It's it's that's fighting <laughs> warrior fighting. I wrote there. Visions future warrior fighting is what I wrote down. I know really insightful notes. But one of my first notes was just um uh that the fighting is sick and I underlined sick. <laughs> it was it was amazing to see how they have the technology to kind of be like have a shield around you that's keeping you somewhat safe, but that not being like you're just safe and can't be hit. You know this this is technology over, there. It's not overpowered. It's not exactly yeah. yeah. And the hand-to-hand -hand combat was was just like really stunning to look at. And that's not something that, apart from Sicario, but that's mostly gunfight stuff. Villeneuve isn't really like, he doesn't do that kind of action a lot. And I feel like whenever uh, it happens, maybe in Blade Runner, this the scene towards the end, uh, it, it's not really focused on the spectacle of the fight, but here it is more about that as well. And it just looked so fucking good. It was just it was some good ass choreography, good ideas executed. Not having read the book, I don't know how much uh, that is like a one-to-one -one translation of what's written. But I mean, so many people always say that Dune is is non-adaptable. You just cannot do mm. it. I don't know how much, like how much he he uh, was kind of um, going away from the source material here, but it, it's just it's just amazing. And world building is just amazing in a way that's not overbearing and it's not it's not cheesy as well. It just it just works. It, it establishes this grounded world and this different reality with uh with the hand to hand combat stuff. It's any sci fi. It's quite easy just to be like, oh, let's give him laser guns oh that's cool right you know what it is um, sorry to, to interrupt you but you know what it is no, it's ahead. like the movie version of resident evil you're always running low on ammunition or in this kind of resources so you're not just abandonedly wasting them and with that mm. comes the opportunity to have more hand-to-hand -hand stuff and that's just more engaging mm. at the end of the day yeah my my comparison was going to be with this obviously any any sci-fi movie it's quite easy to give them i mean let's take blade runner really quickly you've got guns in that in that world right bang yeah. bang, bang 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 but in blade runner 2049 there's so much hand-to-hand -hand violence whether it be mm -hmm. that first russell uh, like russell and tussle with uh dave batista start or love just like breaking uh the detective uh hands like all yeah. of this hand-to-hand -hand combat and it's kind of bringing it back to like the the most popular sci-fi trilogy well, series of all time in star wars is like right, what yeah. action scenes are the most intense the ones with lightsabers right there's so much emotion behind them but the ones where it's just like them shooting down late like <laughs> fucking corridors it's like <laughs> okay this is the action fun part with this yeah. having it set where Pretty much, I mean, they probably, I mean, they do have guns. I mean, there's a, when they get invaded, they have fucking massive guns pop out of the ground and start shooting up in the sky. But mm -hmm. the majority of the fighting is done hand to hand. And that is kind of giving you this extra layer to connect to these characters because it can go one way or the other. It's who's the more powerful one. It's not who's got yeah. the more powerful weapon, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. And again, with the fact that they, they can be harmed even with these, uh, 
shields essentially is a great way of having it being a awesome piece of technology with it not being too overpowered let's just give everyone a shield which they all do they all have a shield but it's not going to save them from everything actually um speaking of things that they that can still kill them uh that little device uh about a third into the movie i think that uh is is there to um assassinate paul um that was <laughs> such a nifty little thing but so terrifying mm. uh because he was so tiny um i like that scene quite a bit as well and i guess that further emphasized that uh, paul is really a capable fighter as well that he's able to fight this thing off but which it came off as a thing that's kind of unbeatable because it's so like a little tiny drone that's pretty much undetectable and just kills you pretty much instantly, right? Once they arrive, once they arrive to Arrakis, um, obviously there's the, the the slight quick world building of this new planet and things like that. Um, what the stake is like, uh, that fucking spider creature, yeah, with the Baron was fucking terrifying. Do you remember that? When it goes back and the sisters with the Baron and they're having the conversation. Oh yeah, no. And I'm looking at it. There's that right spider now. creature that has all the hands and it's like, yeah, that fuck, that's terrifying. <laughs> I would not want to fuck with one of those. Anyway, um, yeah, bringing us into this part. Obviously, they're only in there for a day or two, not even just a fucking day, I guess. And boom, invaded. Like uh, Baron and uh, House of Trades go head to head with each other to battle. Uh, yeah. What did what the did Harkonites. you think of this part of the film? Uh, it was it was quite. Um... I guess up to the part where Paul uh, and uh, Jessica uh, fly away, like this part of the film. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was, I guess, the main action part of the film where we get uh, a bit of fighting as well. And um, I I like that we never get to spend that much time in one place. We kind of move from place to place. Place is just... You know, with these with these big sci-fi's, you oftentimes maybe could rely on a bit more like green screeny esque sets, which obviously there's a lot of that here. There's a lot of VFX being being done, but it's it's never repetitive. It's just such a big world that we are presented with. I like that like every step of the way we get introduced to something new. Uh, but it does make sense from the story progression. It's not just like okay, this is for world building now, and now we're having a character moment. It, it's a, it's it's blended in a way that that didn't make me think. Okay, can we? Move move on to either the next big world thing or when can I see the worm? Well, with them arriving and meeting these new characters and, and meeting characters we met at first, like um, uh, Jason Momoa's character again, mm -hmm. and being introduced to the actual, because obviously we've heard about uh, the people of Arrakis and how they live and stuff through Paul learning about them, but we actually get to meet one of them being Javier Bardem. And at first we all think he's in, like he's insulting them, but he's actually welcoming them by spitting. <laughs> and I thought I found that really funny where he just like spits. <laughs> And they're like, whoa. And they're like, no, no, that's that's him offering his moisture. Like they don't just give that to uh. you. So um, I thought, again, these little subtle parts, not subtle, I guess, but these parts that just seem dumb are actually just really awesome ways of building uh, this mm -hmm. world. Um, and again, the all of the interiors are very plain and simple and aren't very futuristic at all. Um, yeah. It's such a minimal interior for all of these uh big ma massive buildings then obviously i think they take the flight with the uh can't remember to what the extractor is, the, thing the, ha the handover yeah. lady to the extractor right. in that firefly um mm -hmm. device and they first i mean obviously beforehand they've had all of these like little moments where uh, javier bardem's like i know this one um and they all and all of these other uh people of arrakis are worshiping uh paul as the, their messiah as i've so so far said and then obviously they put on these uh steel suits i mm -hmm. believe they're called and she's like have you worn one of these before oh wow you know there's like all these little things that are building up to this 
him being the messiah. Yeah. Um, but man, those that like five minutes of the thing that attaching and them going to go get it with the sandworm was so good. Like just so tense and exciting and fun and yeah, really enjoyed though that 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 scene there. It was really a strong one, um, and the, the, the seeing the, the the worm for the for the first time. Uh, I think what is it original? It's called a, a shahalut. I think is what it's called. That's what they call it. Uh, and just like how in, incredibly big it is in the scale. Uh, it's just I don't know. It's not just like oh look at this big thing and it's scary, but it's like this <laughs> big ass butthole worm just coming out. It, it was just breathtaking. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this. Film other than just uh, praising it a bunch because it just no, came together with <laughs> yeah it's the Keanu Reeves of reviews this time uh, and then after uh, they get taken in uh, once they get back right uh, and he has to use his voice for the first time um, and I guess be a step closer to becoming that messiah that he's destined to become um, it is also like another really powerful scene because like I don't know while watching a part of me was like huh I don't know if I if I want this character to go down that, that road that he uses uh this but i don't know where where that came from <laughs> i was like invested in him um i don't know may, maybe taking more after his dad and not rebecca ferguson's character because i thought that that definitely cult-like uh group was uh so disapproving of him that it maybe felt a bit exploitative of what they'll end up doing with him but when he then goes on to go his own way i felt like oh yes we're back on track uh this is this is really exciting and it's not just a story of someone's destiny being fulfilled and although like that's the story of basically of star wars right where the balance has to be brought back to the force i feel like in dune it's a bit more complicated than that mm. because it's not just the, the the dark side and and the light side of the force right it's, it's nuanced there's there's different um players in the ring uh, that are all kind of it's shades of gray. And that are all yeah. kind of shades of gray, yeah. All shades of blue, and the blue is then the best one. I'll take the blue eyes, please. The, the one scene I want to point out is um, the portrayal uh, of the Doctor and paralyzing mm. Oscar Isaac and then giving him a... Uh, to the Baron, yeah. poison. And no, that, yeah. Mm -hmm. that there was really, really fun. <laughs> um, him being like, I'm right here, and then biting down and the Baron freaking out. So that, that was a really enjoyable little moment. Uh, unfortunate to see Oscar Isaac got, uh, go so soon. He got um, gone. Yeah. <laughs> I liked his character. Um, but hey, you know what? Uh, to has I'm, I'm I'm okay with someone dying. Um, <laughs> it was so crazy to see the Baron up on the fucking ceiling. <laughs> on the so ceiling, yeah, <laughs> fucking was... telly tubby on the ceiling. <laughs> um, and then I guess it goes into uh, Timmy's and uh, Jessica's journey to meet the people of Arrakis. Um, yeah. Highlights for you in that in that section, other than uh, being hunted down by the big sand butthole uh, and Jason Momoa dying because that was so badass. That was so I was I was that was probably the hardest moment, and I I didn't I don't think it's it's a super like emotional movie, but I was like no, did not Rocky <laughs> dying. <laughs> Can't have him dying. He he was great. He was great. I I felt like although the character I think is is dead now. Or, or, or is he? I don't know. Uh, I feel like um Dave Bautista's character was uh, although I think it was supposed to be that way that he was just like shouting all the time. I feel like he was the only performance where it was like I'm not completely feeling it a hundred percent of the time. Mm. But yeah, Jason Momoa uh, as Duncan. 
Duncan, Idaho, that was that was a sad moment, but also a really badass way to go out, basically going against his own kind, right? And uh, being this super skilled uh, fighter that can take out uh, a bunch of them. And I can I can hear myself and I'm like, okay, I'm talking about this like Marvel stands or super fans are talking about the Marvel films, but I'm I don't know. I don't I don't I don't mind that I that I maybe am praising something um that that is maybe a bit cheesy but i guess that that is just what villeneuve is aiming able to do that i don't really think it's cheesy the movie overall is like really serious as well right it's not it's not really a funny movie or that there, there are definitely some funny bits in there maybe just to see a teletubby up on <laughs> up on the ceiling but that's not a funny moment and um i mean that has to be mentioned as well like Obviously, comedy is also really hard, but making a an, like a world that is so strange to us, so accessible. And like what I've heard from a lot of people who've seen it that aren't like as into maybe other, uh, like haven't seen uh, other films from Villeneuve, aren't even that into sci-fi. They uh, didn't disconnect with this film. And I think that's what the, the, the Dune version from um, David Lynch was, I guess, a bit harder to access because he, he, he got so angsty and like so weird with it. And I feel like it, it just worked. It's just, it just worked in this version so well that, uh, yeah, hopefully a lot of people are excited for the second one when we are getting the second one. Please, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please, pretty please, pretty please. We'll use. We can collectively all use our voice to make Warner Brothers uh, sign like a what is it called? Not a blank check. A check. What is it called? Is it called a blank check? I don't know. It's a blank check. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of money. Give, give Villeneuve all the money he wants, please. We want good movie. Thank you. See you in two years or three years, maybe. Um. Really, the last big plot point is the fight at the end. Really, that's really all we want to talk about. Because exactly, um, yeah. I I I really enjoyed uh, before we get to the fight. Um, obviously, there's the him trusting his own gut and letting the wind take him. Uh, mm -hmm. in the in the in the dragonfly. But there was also the the bit of the tease of that doctor, um, the one who's helping them out, going to ride the sandworm, and then she's murdered and does the hitting of the ground and gets the sandworm to eat those guys. And I was I thought that was pretty badass yeah. yeah i was a bit disappointed i didn't get to see someone ride on a sandworm but you do get to see that right at the end and i was like i want to see this i want to see how they get on the sandworm i want to see it all so they definitely leave you wanting that more but that final battle was again it's it's tense because he's winning but he doesn't want to mm -hmm. kill someone because he's never he hasn't killed someone yet so it's um it's it's a mixture of being exciting and and uh terrifying because you don't want to see him you don't want to see him die but mm -hmm. you don't want to see him change himself by murdering someone and you can see that it's going to take an effect on him so it's unfortunate but uh he does seem to kind of get over it really quickly just as a little side note he does kind of smile at the end there when she's like I mean I guess he's get to hang out with uh Zendaya now so I guess he's not totally upset but anyway yeah. um and he does get that quick that flash forward fight. as well right where he's fighting and killing yeah. people as well yeah. yeah so no it's it's exciting to see where they're going to take this because that's pretty much the film that we've gone through <laughs> exactly and i mean there, there is a point to be made that we arrive at the end and we can't really say there's a there's a nice conclusion to the whole story uh it does really feel like a part one and that's really the biggest critique i have so far having not seen the second one can the story in the second one continue this story well enough it doesn't doesn't hurt what was what was built up in in this first one 
And uh, I really, really do hope we do get the second one, um, just because I think that quality-wise, it's gonna be on the same level, <clears throat> on the same level, if not even better than this one, with maybe some bigger payoffs as well. They that, give uh, him yeah. more money. Please give Dennis Villeneuve more money. Yeah, but yeah. Please give him more money. I think that uh, wraps up our very extensive uh, spoiler review of Dune. Um, again, if you've listened to all of this, you have probably seen it uh, either in cinemas or maybe on streaming. So thank you very much for. I guess supporting our dream <laughs> our collective dream of getting a sequel to Dune part one <laughs> but yeah uh, Lachlan now after all this after all this talking uh, where did you arrive at as, as a rating for Dune I wanted to give it five stars so badly <laughs> like I really wanted to give it five stars and I just might after a couple more watchings of it yeah if, if I if I gave it five stars the the thing is it'd be the same rating as Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. And for me, I think I like Blade Runner 2049 a bit a little bit more. Mm. Just just a little bit more, but I guess that's because I've watched it a lot more. Um like I'm very close to giving this five stars as well. And I just don't want to automatically give uh <laughs> Villeneuve like five stars every time he comes out with a fucking movie because yeah. I know that I will. So for me, I I've I've given it four and a half because I can't give it five. I can't give it five like I've given five to Blade Runner 2049. I can't give it five stars. Like I have with with Drive, I, I can't give it that, unfortunately. I, I want to, though, you know? Yeah. You know, I want to. I get that. I mean, you and I, we are the same. Maybe not on the Drive part. I'm not as highly, as as like, as positive on, on our Drive as you are. But uh, I agree with the Blade Runner 2049 part that... It, it, it doesn't, like, come up to the same level as that film for me. So I also gave it a four, out of five, a four and a half out of five out of nine out of ten. Um, so, yeah. So that, I think, wraps it up. I hope you enjoyed our long and extensive talk about Dune. Next week, we'll talk about uh, The Last Duel. Also something that I'm super looking forward to, to talking uh, with you about that. Uh, I've already seen it. I might give it a rewatch as well. And uh, we'll have a fall film festival recap with some some special guests that's been in the works for quite some time uh but don't forget to leave us those five star reviews and uh tell them mate about the show maybe uh you, also they recently added something on spotify that you can now engage with uh the episodes there's some question and some polls that we can run over there so go check it out i haven't decided yet what the poll for today is going to be maybe it's going to be have you seen uh it's like where have you seen dune on hbo max or in cinemas and it's not you're not able to choose anything else no, it because has to be on device on it device on a cinema on a tv on a tablet or on a phone or on your ipod you know how you can still watch movies on like an iPod. <laughs> on an iPod, yeah. That would be crazy to watch. I'm going to watch it on an iPod. I'm going <laughs> to pull out my iPod. Got to get those plays in from different devices, yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, you can join our Discord. We run monthly film raffles and a bi-weekly film club over there. You can also become a Patreon for just one buck a month and you'll get access to all of our show notes, the drunk cast and a weekly bonus show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. That's said underscore quiet on Instagram, quiet on said podcast and on Letterboxd quiet on set we also have a tiktok that you can follow just type in quiet on set and we should pop up <laughs> over there all of our personal socials are linked below and i think that is a wrap i just wanted to say goop goop as uh goop. <laughs> as goop <laughs> you know the one thing that we still haven't done what? talked about uncharted <laughs> <laughs> oh do you want to do, do that <laughs> yeah let's just do it for I the end check like really right, quickly right, i guess we should all right do you wanna do you wanna bring right. it up then i guess
Uncharted, a prequel story to the game telling the story of how Harry met Sally. Wait, no, sorry. Drake, how Drake met Sally. <laughs> That's all I had to say. <laughs> and also, is, luck that, is, that, is that your joke? <laughs> that was my really bad joke. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's a really oh, like cringy antic that I, I badly want to keep all right. in. Um, so everyone can understand my opinion on this. The Uncharted franchise is like pretty much my favorite video game series of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, have you played them played, all? I have platinumed them all in terms what? of I've gotten every single fucking trophy, motherfucker. Um, I'm, I, I, I love the games so much. Um, they have a real big place in my heart. Um, and all I could think about is Mark Wahlberg and a very thick fucking accent being like, Hey, Nate! I don't know why I made him sound like the fucking <laughs> thing, the guy from fucking Star Wars, but, um, all I can think about is Mark Wahlberg not being who I want him to be <laughs> as Sully and Tom Holland just still being Spider-Man in his heart and he can't get it out of his head. And I, I, I look, I'll still watch it and I'll watch it and I'll watch yeah. it the first time and I'll hate it and I'll watch it a second time and I'll cry. And I'll watch it the third time and I'll be like, why the fuck am I watching it a third time? But I can tell you for a fact, I'm not happy. <laughs> You're going to platinum, platinum complete the movie as well. <laughs> I'm going to platinum complete the movie. I don't, I don't know how. Okay, I get it. Tom Holland looks like a young Drake. Cool. How yeah. did they get that so correct and Sully's so wrong? Sully is very wrong. I only Where's watched a playthrough. I've never played it myself, but it's very off. Yeah. God. Fucking annoys me. But anyway, sorry. Anyway, that's that's. I also thought that Holland's uh, Tom Holland's accent sounds really funny when he tries to do an American one. Um, just sounds just. I don't know. It's just funny to me. But yeah, that comes out on February 18th if you were wondering. But that is really the end of the show. So uh, talk to you next week. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Fucking, fucking stupid fucking <laughs> fucking Tom Holland and these fucking fucking Sony. Can the Sony just not have money for anyone else? Like ah, oh, Spider Man, Tom Holland, ah, oh, fucking, uh, fucking Tom Holland. We'll get him for fucking Uncharted as well. Like fucking. <laughs> Wait, was that movie? Literally th anyone. Was that a movie where the thoughts were like projected outwards? I can't remember what it was called. Was that also Sony? Oh, Chaos Walking. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. If I'm totally honest. Wait, let's check. Chaos Walking. Uh, production studio Quadrant. Oh. Riyadh. What? What's the distributor? Lionsgate. Okay, that wasn't <laughs> Lionsgate. Right up there with like shitty decisions. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, all okay. right. I'll, I'll end the recording if you haven't already.